Hey, Marie, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? I am uh, doing great. So I am, I feel like I've said this for the last couple of weeks, but I'm like really, really, really in kind of the home stretch with my book. Mm -hmm. I just got print proofs delivered just like a few days ago. So I've been able to like hold it in my hand, which is just like the most amazing, amazing feeling in the world. You know, because I've been, I think it's been three years now that I've been working on the book. So to have it like in hand feels incredible and I'm pretty happy with it too. So I was like flipping through it and like there's things I need to tweak and stuff. And I didn't have all the illustrations done when I got it printed. I do have those done now. So it's in hand. It's kind of interesting when you, so I'm using KDP, which is Amazon's direct print uh, program. So they basically, when somebody buys the book, it prints on the fly and then like mails out to them, which is actually how a lot of books are done these days. Cause like the quality has gotten so quick. That way you don't end up with like warehouses of books that nobody buys. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so when you order a proof, it's got like this big ribbon across it that says like not for resale. It's kind of interesting. But other than that, it's like the book. And so it feels amazing having it in hand, but now I'm also just like frantically trying to figure out all the things I got to get done. My publisher name, which is called like an imprint for your ISBN. And that's been like a, we were talking offline about it. I won't go into it, but it's like a giant headache because it has to like, I have to figure out the doing business as name for my LLC so that that's different. And it's just like a million little details that normally a publisher would take care of. And I'm my own publisher. So I have to be the one that figures them out and takes care of it. But in a really good space right now, things are going well and it's pretty exciting. Yeah. So you're kind of in this stage where you don't know what you don't know. And then like you're having to figure out all the little things in order to get to launch. One of the things that I really love that you've been doing is that you're you're kind of treating it, maybe not a SaaS product, but like you're treating it like a, it's almost like a digital product in the sense that you've got a landing page for the book and not every Mm -hmm. author has a landing page for the book. They might just rely on say Amazon as a distribution channel. But what I like is that you're actually, you've got a landing page for the book and you're using it for, you know, testimonials and also giving people information on where to buy and also kind of creating a bit of a marketing campaign around it through the landing page. Like do this, do that and you can claim like extra bonuses. It feels like you get more than just the book. Like there's other things around the book, like a community, like I said, those extra bonus things, almost like extra features on the product. Like you buy (laughs) this, but you got extra features and there's some free, free stuff that you get as well. And I just like that approach. I honestly think like some of these things make the difference between something being successful or not. It's like you've got extra stuff and you're positioning the book in a certain way and giving it social proof through the website. I thought it was really good because I've seen like a a rough cut of the website too. And I was like, yeah, that looks great. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's been fun kind of uh, putting it together and building it for how, yeah, I'm really kind of treating it so that it's going to be like a big, exciting launch. That way I don't have to say like, oh, you know, go get it at your whatever bookstore you're at. Where are you at? Oh, you're in the UK. Well, then you have to do like all this. Like, I don't want to do any of that. Just like, oh, just go to this one site and then everything you need is right there. It's going to have the links to all the different pages And yeah, it's more like sort of like a digital product, like landing page where there's all the testimonials there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I have it set up so that I think you, I think I've seen on Llama Life, you use testimonial for like the little like uh, social proof. Yeah, yeah. Testimonial is an awesome product. Just a little plug for my friend, um, Damon. Damon Chen created testimonial and it basically lets you collect testimonials very easily from lots of different sources. It could be from Twitter or LinkedIn or just an email, even a video, and then you embed that in your website and it updates like automatically and just provides an easy way to manage it. 
But yes, are, are you using testimonial as well? So I'm actually, I'm not. No, I did try what? it. <laughs> <laughs> no, after that plug. Okay. It's pretty like, cool it's though. A, it's a cool product. I've yeah. seen other people use it. You know, I follow Damon on Twitter and he does great stuff. Mm. I'm trying to remember now what it was. There was something, I was trying to use it. And I think part of it is that you have to have, like it has certain social media that it supports and then for anything it doesn't support, there's nothing you can really do about it. You can't do like a custom. So like if I wanted to share like a thread post, I might be misremembering this. So apologies if I'm saying the wrong thing about testimonial. But my recollection is that you can't do just like a text post and kind of do a custom one, which I wanted to do because like I have people that follow me on threads and obviously threads is so new that none of these services have like a way to import a post from threads. But with, there's another service that I've been using mm. called uh, Shoutout, uh, which oh, is yeah. very, very similar, similar product, yeah, yeah. very similar. But one of the things that Shoutout does have is it has like, it has all the same things where you can import a tweet, you can import from, I don't know, Facebook or in LinkedIn or whatever. But then it has an option for just like text. Yeah. And then you can custom do it yourself. So that way it's more oh, okay. of a manual yeah, process. Yeah, testimonial has that too. Oh, it does have yeah, that. Yeah, it must have been something else because I started with testimonial and I was like going through the process and there was some sticking point where it didn't quite work uh, for okay. me for yeah, some reason. Yeah, you can definitely do text because sometimes people email me and um, I just stick that in a text box and it right. shows up on text testimonial. So either way, they're both really cool they're products. Both good, yeah. um, and I love that idea of, because one of the things I'm hoping to do when the book launches is kind of like ask people like, hey, if you get the book, like take a picture and share it. And then mm -hmm. I'll kind of like reach out and thank you or something like that. And then I can use those sort of on the page to kind of build up that testimony, you know, just like you would do with kind of a different sort of digital product or yeah. software or whatever. Yeah, I think what's cool is you're kind of designing the experience of purchasing the book and then what happens after, but tailoring it for your audience. And it's a specific yeah. audience, right? It's a, it's it's people with ADHD and the book is a, a quick start guide to adult ADHD. So everything that you're creating is around that, like making sure that it's resonating with that audience, which is the same for any other product when you do a landing page. Mm -hmm. It can't just be some stock landing page. It should be customized and tailored and, you know, the copy on the page and the images and just even having the landing page be very simple and straightforward and not overwhelming. Like that's all because you're speaking to a specific audience. So I, right. I really like that. I, it really stood out to me when you sent me the copy of the website. I was like, yeah, you can tell that you put thought into like who the audience is, to guiding them through the different steps of, you know, making a purchase and why you should make a purchase. It feels really good right now. And kind of like you said, there's been a lot of like thinking about my audience specifically. And so there's been like features that I've seen on other landing pages for like courses and stuff like that. And I've sort of been looking around for like inspiration, like what would work? And there's a few things I did that I put on there. And then I was just like, this feels like a, a popular thing that I think a lot of these things do is like, who is this for? And then I'll kind of like list a bunch of bolt, like, do you, do any of these sound like you? And then it like lists some things. And so I had like a section like that on my page at first. And then I was like, this just feels so negative. Mm. And I don't know if that's more of like a salesy technique of like, oh, you set it up. So they resonate with this negative thing. And then you have the solution afterwards. Uh, but it just sort of hit me wrong of like, I don't want people to be having that negative feel with this book. Because if they grew up with ADHD, they're already far too familiar with that negative feeling. And so it, it just felt like something like this probably makes sense for other people and it just doesn't feel right here. So I ended up deleting that section. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a few other things I'm that I haven't added yet. Like I think I've talked before 
about having how I designed the book differently because it's for, you know, for my audience, like for people with ADHD and designing in a way that pages aren't overwhelming. Like I don't ever want a page that it's like one full paragraph oh fills God. the entire page. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just like a wall of text. Wall of text. So you, you're breaking yeah. it up with like images and stuff. and Yeah. And so because of that, I have thought, I, I don't know for sure if I'm going to do this, but I have thought that might be worth highlighting on this page. Like if I had like a little section that kind of showed a few images of what the pages look like, just to sort of like highlight. I'm not, I'm not totally sure how to do it yet, but something like that. And that would also let me like show off some of the illustrations as well to sort of, yeah, pitch that. I would like that because, you know, I have an issue with reading. The wall of text for me is like, I have a reaction <laughs> to like a wall of text and, and I don't actually do that much reading now, but when I used to read it on the Kindle, I used to make it, bigger text and I'd also make the column really narrow so it wouldn't feel as overwhelming as mm. as a wall of text. And I'd also feel like I'm making progress because I'm flicking the page more frequently right. because there was less on the page to read. <laughs> but, but it's <laughs> yeah. important for me to feel like I'm moving. So I don't know. I, I like that. If it was me or at least this would speak to me, I should say, because that's all I can really say. It would speak to me if I saw there were images in there. Mm -hmm. But you can also test it because that's the great thing is you own the website. You have full right. control over the website. You can A-B test stuff if you want because you've got those skills. You've got the dev skills to do it very easily. So Yeah, that's definitely something I'm interested in doing. Like for example, right now on the page, the way the design is, is like I have the book kind of right up front and the pre-order button. And then I have like a couple of quotes from, you know, I've gotten some endorsement blurbs from other people, like other authors and things like that. Mm. And that's one thing I've sort of considered, like it might be worth doing like some A-B testing, which quotes I'm using up there. Cause they're, like mm. all the quotes are further down the page, but I have like kind of a couple that I'm highlighting. Oh yeah, that's uh, what so I that's do one too. thing I've sort of considered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have on Llama Life, we've got the testimonial section, which is further down the page. I think it's near the pricing section. Cause we mm. have like one sort of, how did we do it? Yeah, we used to have one big landing page and not too many links. Now we have some links like features, and pricing in the nav bar. But we made sure to put like all the testimonials near the pricing stuff because that's kind of, you know, when people are thinking about the price and then they read the testimonial, that can sometimes help convince someone that it might be for them. Right, right. But um, we do have one testimonial, I think it's one or two at the top of the website as well. Yeah, it looks like I've got it up right now. You have like one right near the top that's a quote and then a little bit further down you have like three. Three and then yeah. further down we have all of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we also have like... Oh, you have another three. Yeah, you kind of like, it's almost like separating sections We sort of bit. trickled it in or drip, drip fed it in in a way. <laughs> right. Like just in case you need another reminder, this could be for you. Like here's what other people have said. Mm -hmm. And... We're really careful about which testimonials we picked. Like they all, yeah. they can't say the same thing. Like there's, there's a very specific purpose for each one. Like it's giving you some hint or clue that this could be for you. That real estate on the landing page is really precious. You don't want to like just put in random testimonials that say the same thing. So even like further down where we've got, you know, I think there's maybe like 15 testimonials all at once in a grid. Like they're right. very, very handpicked. Like we have way more testimonials than that, but I've really just gone these ones because they, they say something specific that I want to communicate and they all say something slightly different. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious just because we're, we're talking about it with a testimonial. I'm looking at Llama Life website right now and using testimonial at the bottom, there's like a little link for like leave a testimonial for Llama Life. Yeah. Do you get much usage of that? Are you seeing people click that very often? 
not that often, but they have clicked it. So you have gotten some that way? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I think, you know, f- it's pretty buried in our site because there's right. so much information. Right, it's definitely not highlighting. Like, yeah, I yeah, knew it was there because I just yeah. recently messed with testimonials, so I saw the yeah, link on Yeah, it's like site. a really small link on our mm-hmm. website. But if you featured that more on a, a website that wasn't as busy, yeah, you'd probably get more. So, so what happens is when they click it, they can write a testimonial and then I'll get an email saying that somebody wrote a testimonial and here's what it is and all their details are there. And then I can choose whether to make that public on my site or not. Mm-hmm. But we don't get a lot that way just because of where we've, we've featured it. It's very tiny. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, anyway, so that's kind of all the things kind of going on in my world right now, which is all book all the time. And it feels like I'm so close to just being able to pull the trigger and be like, okay, pre-orders are available. Like, go to the website, do it right now, and then who knows what will happen. Then that's when I get to start freaking out about the long-term marketing plan, which I'm sure we'll talk mm-hmm. about a little in you know future episode or something. Yeah. How about with Llama Life? Uh, how are things going in Llama Land? In Llama Land, I like that. Maybe we should create a community called Llama Land. It's so funny because we have a we have a blog that's called Seeking the Llama Life. Because mm-hmm. people were saying they like to live the llama life. So li- live the llama life is kind of using the product and right. what the product means and what you're trying to achieve, which is that calm, focused productivity. But then we have the blog and we called the blog Seeking the Llama Life. But now there could be another thing where it's a community going like, here's Llama Land. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But yeah, Llama Life's going good. We had a few quiet months, which we talked about on the last pod. And we think that's because of summer in the US. It's starting to pick up a little bit more now. We're in August. We've been working on the PWA, which is the progressive web app. And we launched that this week. So the purpose of doing that was just, you know, we had all this feedback from people that, they kept forgetting to use Llama Life because it's a web app. So it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. You have to go to mm-hmm. the website to open the web app, which is kind of not that convenient for a lot of people. For me, it's like muscle memory, but I guess it's not really a normal thing to go to a website to have to open the product to use it. So now we've got the progressive web app, which just means you can save Llama Life to your desktop as an icon, like in your dock. So that launched this week and we've had so much, like we've had really good feedback on it. People have said, you know, oh my God, like now I'll actually remember to use it. And some people were saying they had a post-it note on their desk that said open Llama Life because they kept forgetting to open it. And now they've just (laughs) got it on their dock, which is great. Like it's a small thing, but it's, it solves a real problem that people were just forgetting. So Mm. that's great. That's out there now. And we've also made a lot of progress on the mobile app, apps, I should say, because we're doing Android and iOS at the same time. And yeah, that's been a lot of fun because we have to think a little bit differently about the design. So obviously, like when you're designing for mobile, you've got to think about the touch area being a certain size, like touch of like, as as in like your finger having to press different buttons. So there is going to be a slight redesign because, you know, like you should really design for the platform that you're on. And on web, we have some very, very tiny buttons, which are fine for a mouse click, but would just not work on mobile. Mm. So we're actually putting gestures in, which is super fun. So when you want to delete a task, you can swipe to delete. So um, I think that makes a lot of sense for, for mobile. Like we need to think about the extra things that we have available on mobile and how do we use that to make a good user experience. So yeah, it's yeah, super I, lo- fun. I love yeah. that. That's 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 really fun. I I think that's 
that's something that I find is missing a lot where like when people have that the same thing you're going through, like if someone has like a web app and they're like translating it to a, a mobile app mm-hmm. and then it just like they just like it's almost a like copy paste. And it's like, well, that thing you had that worked on the web worked great, but it doesn't feel right on a phone. Like the, a phone is a totally different device. And so yeah. like you saying that like swipe to delete, like that's how you delete things on the phone most of the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or like that's a, a common convention versus yeah. like tapping this tiny little icon. I love that you're thinking about those, like what makes more sense? Now that we're in this platform, like what makes sense to change that's gonna fit in uh, with that? Cause I feel like something about that just like takes me out of an app so much. Like if I download a new app and then you like use it, you're like, it's not using anything that would be like kind of native vibe, native feeling. And then it just yep. makes me not interested in using it. Well, yeah. And that's such a big thing for Llama Life. Like part of the thing that makes us different is we're designed for a specific audience. So people with ADHD, the design is everything for us. Like the user experience is everything because you could have the exact same product as Llama Life with like a to-do list and timers. It could have exactly the same functionality, but it could feel completely different and boring. Right. Mm-hmm. And there are other apps out there that have a to-do list that you can add a timer to. That in itself is not that unique, but the experience we created around that and the design and the fact that it makes you feel something like for us, it's all about like, does this feel fun? Does this feel fun? Does this feel fun? <laughs> like that's everything to us. It's like, yeah. does this feel fun to use? Like the sound effects make a difference too. Like, does that make you feel something? Because that's what we're about. So yeah, definitely like going to mobile, we have to make sure it feels good still. And if we just took the same design and put it into mobile, which a lot of people told us to do, they were like, can you just like put a wrapper around it and publish it in the app store? And we're like, It's not that simple because one, the design stuff we just talked about, but two, certain things just don't work. Like I was talking to you just before this, like the drag and drop wouldn't have worked Mm -hmm. because the library we use to help us with dragging and dropping just doesn't work on mobile. Like we have to find another library to help with that. So it would have just been a bad experience and we love our user experience stuff. It's really (laughs) fun too. Like yeah, I think that is the thing that really makes like certain apps stick out. Like I think of the app Things mm. by Cultured Code, I believe. And that that's an app that like they, I don't know if this is a fair like uh, assessment, but they kind of sit on their hands a little bit as far as like publicly. Like they'll have a big launch and then they won't do anything for like a long time other than just like little bug fixes and stuff. But when they, when they launch something, like it feels so good to use. So mm. like, even though like nothing really new has happened with, as far as I know, nothing really new has happened with the Things app in a while. It's still like an app that a lot of people use for their to-do app, even though there's tons of other like competitors out there, just because it feels so good to use. And mm-hmm. it's not even that complicated of an app. It's pretty simple. Like the structure yeah. of it is pretty straightforward. It just, it that vibe, that feeling of it is just so good that it's one that even though like right now I'm not using it as my main to-do app, it's one I go back to whenever I'm like, whenever I get sick of the one I'm currently using, like things is always up there on the list. Of like maybe that's the one I should jump over to and try <laughs> out again. I've done Cause this Because it's just well, like, because yeah. it's it just feels right. It's just good to use. Yeah, so what I like about things, I've got things as well. And I, and I sort of bounce around a bit. So right now I'm using Trello as my main list. And then obviously mm. I transfer whatever I'm doing today into Llama Life to focus. But I was, I bounce around. So I was using things as my main list for a while. And the thing I like about things is that you can tell they've done, like you said, the custom design 
there's some iOS stuff in there, but you can tell they've put like their design on top of that or done something custom mm-hmm. because it's a little different. And it feels like there's thought, thought has been put into that. Like where does a menu appear? When I swipe, what does it do? What does it look like? What happens after the swipe? They've definitely put a lot of thought into making it feel really polished and smooth. And when I say smooth, I'm not talking about an animation, but just like in terms of a flow of what you expect to happen, mm-hmm. they've really put thought into that. So yeah, I definitely give them kudos for that. Like there's thought, like I can see the thought. And like you said, it's a very simple kind of, it doesn't really offer anything that much different to other to-do list apps, except the feeling and experience of using mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I, th- I think the thing that makes it really stick out for me, because like you said, it does have a lot of like little custom interactions and things like that, but it feels... I don't know if this is necessarily the case, but as a user, what it feels like to me is that they start with what is the native way to do this? Okay, can we, is there a better improvement we can do on this? Mm-hmm. Whereas other products, it feels like who cares what the native way is? We're going to do it this way. And it's like not even considering that as a starting point where things, it feels like that is the starting point. And in certain ways, they've improved it or changed it, but it's building off that native. And so it feels, it feels good to use on the phone. Yeah, that's, I think that's a good way to, to put it. They're not like going against convention. Mm-hmm. So common behaviors like a swipe would exist where you think it would exist, but then they've done it a little bit differently versus other apps, which you're like, this doesn't feel like it makes sense because you've tried to do something <laughs> really weird. Right, yeah. And, and so, yeah, I like that. It's kind of, it's leveraging existing behavioral patterns that you, you expect to exist on mobile, right. but they're doing it in a way which feels a little bit unique and custom. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a good way of putting it. It's like leveraging that existing, like when I come in, when I'm opening up an app for the first time, I have this base of knowledge of how I expect any new app that I open is going to work based on having used iOS and used lots of apps. Mm-hmm. And whenever I use something in things and other, you know, we're talking a lot about things, but other apps that do this sort of thing well, it's like when you do an interaction on it, it feels like, oh, this is even better, or like this This does kind of what I expected it to do, but even a little bit better. It almost feels like, oh, maybe Apple will release this sort of feature in the next version of iOS, because it feels like that next step in a way. You know what I'm going to say? <laughs> What's that? Pull to refresh. Yeah, pull exactly. To refresh pull to like refresh. The, I think we've talked about pull to refresh before, but that is like the perfect example because pull to refresh, okay, so there's many ways you can refresh, right? Like I think Maybe some of the old apps just had a refresh icon, like hit this, how boring, right? But then there was an app called... Tweety. Tweety, yeah, which was uh, RIP Twitter. But like there was an <laughs> app called Tweety, which was like basically an iOS client for Twitter. And I think the company was called 8Bits, is that right? Yeah, 8Bits that brought it out. I don't remember. Anyway, yeah. it doesn't I knew matter. It was Lauren Brichter. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce his last name, but that's the like the lead developer who did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so what they did was... To refresh, you pull you pull down the screen to refresh and it would do this really cute animation and a really cute sound. <laughs> and now Apple have adopted that as a thing. Yeah. And like most people have thing. no idea. Like that Apple didn't create that. Like that when that I remember Tweety, Tweety came out and it had pulled a refresh and it was like, like mind blowing. Like, oh, this makes so much sense because it's yeah. like an infinite feed. So you're just kind of like trying to scroll up. Pull to refresh. So it just clicked. And then now it's everywhere. Everywhere. And like you're saying, like at the time, because there was several, that was back when you could have third-party Twitter clients. And that was like the heyday of iOS development. That's where all the cool stuff I, 
I felt like was happening was in like uh, Twitter apps. And like you're saying, they did. They all had like this weird little refresh icon that you would tap to load the new thing. And then pull to refresh came out and like within a year, yep. every single app like a dot was like, oh, well, clearly that's just, that's the better way to do it. Yeah. Cause you're, you're scrolling anyway. So like you're scrolling down, mm. like you'd be scrolling down through a feed and then you might scroll back up. And then as you scroll back up, like you're pulling down anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it gives you that option to refresh. And the cool thing is it was so... I don't know, like ASMR or like so dopamine for me. Like I just kept pulling it. It's like, like I a slot wanting, machine. Yeah, I want to pull it. I want to pull it. And then obviously like that's good for the, for the the app as well because you get more content. and. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of what we're talking about with that design sort of stuff is being intuitive. Like you want the design to feel intuitive. Any sort of gestures or actions, like that sort of stuff, when you open a new app, you want it to just yeah. like – even if you've never used the app or the feature before, you just, you want that feeling of like, oh, I guess this is how it should work. Oh, that is how it works. Perfect. Or, or discoverability. Like that's the other thing, either like intuitiveness and discoverability. Cause that's what pulled a refresh happened. You'd be scrolling up your list yeah. and then oh, you get to the yeah, top. I just did this. Oh, when I pull to the top, that little thing animates. And then I get, like you're saying, then I get the little dopamine of that cute little like sound. Cause it's refreshing yeah. and yeah, I love all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slack did something similar where um, if you scroll to the bottom of a Slack conversation, if you scroll past where the end is, you get a little confetti emoji appear. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I was like, I love that so much. And it really encourages me to just keep scrolling to the end of my messages because I yeah. want to hit the emoji, uh, <laughs> confetti emoji. But but this is a really cool thing. Like it's it serves a lot of different purposes. It tells you that you're at the end, but it also encourages you to get to the end. And like these little design details, I love all this stuff. It's like so much fun to think about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're trying to do all that stuff in Llama Life. Like how can we make this feel really good and just use design in a positive way? Like, you know, there's a lot of people that have like dark patterns in their apps and we won't go down that today because we're running out of time. But, mm-hmm. you know, a dark pattern in design is like making you do something that you don't really want to do. Like, we obviously are not doing any of that. Like we want to, we want to <laughs> right. make everything like super positive, but um, that does exist. That stuff does exist. Yeah. So we've had a really good week and we're making very good progress on the app and we're still on schedule. We're only a couple of weeks in, but we're still on schedule and I'm really happy with how <laughs> everything's going. And I'm super excited to start testing this, like putting a beta out and getting feedback. We've had a lot of people put their hand up and say, Hey, can we be in the beta? Yeah. It's just like, Super exciting. That's awesome. I love that. We're both kind of in an exciting place right now, which is fun. You're getting to do kind of all that new discovery fun mm. stuff. And then I'm just like at the like finally about to launch where it's like, what's this going to look like? Uh, so uh, exciting times here, uh, which is uh, really fun. I think in the next, probably not next week, but in like two weeks, I'll be at the point. I think that's when pre-launches will be available. Mm. You know, knock on wood if all goes well. So that'll be fun to kind of talk about that and uh, give people the, you know, the site to check out. Yeah. And then same as we see kind of what should people do if somebody is interested in Llama Life and they want to get on at least on the list, like where's the, what's the best way to get on that list? Oh, interesting. Yeah. We haven't got anything formal set up and similar to you, we're about to think about like our marketing campaign for mobile, like how do we lead up to that and kind Mm -hmm. of keep people up to date, but also give them sort of tease it, I guess, along the way. I think for now, maybe just tweet at me or like reply to one of my tweets because we're tweeting a lot about the mobile app. So if you just, if you want to get on the beta, just reply to a tweet and um, we'll we'll put you on. 
because we don't have like an official sign up form or anything for that at the moment. You mean a post on X, right? Oh yeah, what did I say? I said a tweet on Twitter <laughs> yeah, or something. Well, you didn't yeah. say Twitter, but I think tweets are dead now. Oh I don't know. Oh my god, I still have not updated my <laughs> my Twitter app. Oh, that's I don't, right. I don't have auto updates on, so I still have the Twitter app and logo on my home screen, <laughs> and I'm trying to keep it that way for as long as possible. Yeah, it's gonna break one of these days, though. Yeah, I know. They might force an update. Like WhatsApp actually forced an update the other week. Did you get it? Oh. Like I, I opened WhatsApp and it said this version of WhatsApp has expired. I was on an updated oh, version uh-huh. because they've just introduced something new, which requires people to sign out, I guess, I think, and sign back in. It required basically that you update. It blocked the whole app. Interesting. I have auto updates on. I used to love going through and seeing, like reading the update notes of every app and all that. But then everyone just started saying like bugs and fixes and there was no update notes anymore. And so I just turned on auto updates now and I just let it do its thing. The other thing I haven't updated, so I haven't updated the, the Twitter app, but I haven't updated Llama Life's website. At the bottom in our footer, we have the Twitter logo. Oh, yeah. Because we have all our social links, like Instagram, Twitter, etc. And it still says Twitter with the Twitter logo. And I don't think I'm going to update it because it would look <laughs> really weird to have X there. I know. A- it's an so... X logo with like just the letter X. Like that looks like, I don't know, it doesn't really fit. It looks weird. Yeah, I mean, I did. So I updated my personal site, just ADHDjesse.com. And so I put the X in there. It looks weird because <laughs> I have like like follow on X and then the rest of them are all like, you know, follow on Instagram longer. threads, yeah. like longer. Yeah, and yeah. so it's like they fit together. But then just X is oh, it's And then so you've weird. got the X. Did you use like the Unicode? Yeah, well, I, I made it into like an SVG, but yeah, using right, that. Yeah, because yeah. I think um, like, you know, Justin from Transistor, uh, yes, yeah, he yeah. He put a tweet out the other day saying like how many people have actually updated their landing pages with the new X name and logo and a lot of people aren't. Yeah. It just it's... looks weird. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my gosh. it's Yeah. Anyway, we, we have to wrap up because we're yeah. late with time. Maybe next week we can uh, rant about rip Twitter, now X or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm still using it. Like I'm still on it and, yeah. you know, the community is still there like – indie hacker community is still there for the most part, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think the brand was good. I don't really like that it rebranded. Yeah, it's just strange. I think they lost a lot of the branding power that way, but. I just don't understand why he's going to spend all that money to buy something and then just get rid of like the brand, which was like, so it's, it's just the like. Everything, the everything off app, all Jesse, the thing. the everything oh, app. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we can, anyway. maybe we talk about it with a threads update, like, in a future episode. Yeah, maybe we'll wait We'll wait for, because there's some new stuff coming to Threads probably in the next few weeks or so. So maybe when that mm-hmm. happens, we can do sort of a, let's reassess the the landscape of uh, social media again. Because that, yep. love it or not, like that is pretty important to both of our businesses and stuff. Like all the stuff happening on social media, like it's not directly what we're doing, but it's mm-hmm. so connected with what we're doing that, yeah, it's kind of, you can't just ignore all the turmoil and changes that are happening Yeah, exactly. There. For me, it's about meeting people too, because we met on Twitter and yeah. I've met a lot of other people on Twitter that we, we ended up working with like partnering mm-hmm. with or something, but we met on Twitter. Right. Yeah. Th- like this book never would have happened if it wasn't for Twitter. Mm. Like this happened because of things I was posting on Twitter and th- people I met through Twitter and mm. all that sort of stuff. So anyway, all right, we got to wrap it up. So it was great to chat. Yeah. I'll see you next week. See you then.